Every bit as glorious as hers, and you constantly pick fights so that you may show them off. For a moment, the old familiar wave of loss and longing rears up, and I catch my breath at the pain of it. Among the handmaidens of death, our birth stories are our most treasured possessions, marking us as they do as death's true daughters. But on the day that I was born, no cuckolded husband paced nearby, no herb witch pulled me from a cold, dead womb, nor did any hedge priest administer the last rites to a dying mother while I rooted futilely at her breast. Or at least, I think not, for the truth is that I do not even know the day on which I was born. I do not know the manner of my birth, the name of my mother, or even if she still lives, although we think she must not, else I would not have ended up on the convent's doorstep when I was less than a week old. Of all the women whose feet have pattered along these stone floors, I am the only one to have no inkling of the circumstances of my own birth. It is like an itching, festering wound I have trained myself not to scratch, but some days the pain and burn of it are nearly beyond bearing especially when I am confronted with a cocksure nine-year-old who is blessed with reflexes so fast she has been known to snatch arrows from their flight. Aveline keeps her attention on the holly, but watches me from the corner of her eye. Does that mean you will let me fight you sometime? I cannot help it, I laugh. You think you can best me? She lifts one shoulder. I think I would like to know if I could or could not. At her words, my smile wobbles, and it is all I can do to keep from throwing my knife down in defeat. Even this child thinks I am no longer a match for her. I carefully avoid looking out at the ocean, just beyond the trees. It is too painful a reminder that both Ismay and Sibella have been sent to places I have not, have begun to fulfill their destinies, while I am stuck here playing nursemaid to a gaggle of budding assassins. I feel a tug at the corner of my gown and look down to find Florette standing there with wide eyes. We did not mean to make you sad, Aneth. Oh, you didn't, sweeting. I am just... What? Feeling sorry for myself? Pining for my friends? Wishing fate had dealt me a different hand? eager to finish up with these branches so we can begin decorating. Her small face clears, and she goes back to her own work while I move on to the next branch. It is hard, so hard, not to feel wasted, like a new sword that has been allowed to rust before it has ever been used. I tighten my grip on my blade reminding myself that the abbess has assured me it is just one of Mortan's many mysteries, why he has called the others first. If I ever come face to face with him again, I shall ask why. Politely, of course. Aneth? Aveline says. Hmm? Are we supposed to chop at our branches like that? I look down appalled to see the gouges and scars where I have hacked my knife again and again against the pale silver bark of the yew.
saints. No, of course not. It is simply that this knife needs to be sharpened. She arches one of her pale red brows at me, looking far older than her nine years. Aneth, look! At the sound of Florette's shouting, I turn around to find her pointing through a small copse of trees. Is it a crow? For I have promised to pay Florette if she alerts me whenever she sees one approaching. It is our little secret. In exchange, I change the sheets on her bed when she wets it, and I tell no one. Although, I think many of the others suspect. I hurry to the trees, my eyes scanning the sky, but I see nothing. No, not in the sky, in the water. It's a boat. I jerk my gaze down to the horizon.